0: To me, it's partly a philosophy, right? Like traveling and living abroad, that's just kind of in the vein of who I am because I've Mm -hmm. done it my entire life. But in the same aspect, if an entrepreneur is aspiring to do it, it partly might need to be in the philosophy
1: of how you operate as a business owner. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. With everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders, With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. We'd also like to thank TechCXO for its sponsorship of this podcast. Get proven hands on C suite executives to take on an interim role and provide fractional help and lead projects. TechCXO's on demand executive model consistently delivers time and cost savings of 50 to 75% compared to a full time in house function. They have helped their clients secure over $4 billion in debt and equity financing and have advised clients on over 200 transactions, including due diligence preparation. And financing alternatives. To learn more, please visit their website at com. Sonia Williams, thank you so much for joining us today. In this episode, we're speaking with Miss Williams, digital marketing expert and the co founder of Go Getter Marketing Group. She's here to share her perspective as a minority, women owned business, which we hope will give you some insights into how you can overcome some of the challenges and the roads to success as a diverse supplier. Thank you so much, Sonia, for being with us today. Thank you for having me.
0: So,
2: Sonia, why don't you start by telling us and our listeners uh, a bit about Go-Getter Marketing Group and, you know, what inspired you to, to strike out on your own and found
0: it? Okay, sure. Um, so, Go Getter Marketing Group was founded in 2008. Um, right. I like to think of us, we've grown quite a bit since then, but I like to think of us as kind of a family run company. Um, my mm-hmm. husband and I started the company in 2008 uh, during the recession. So, we, we kind of <laughs> went out on a limb and um, started the company. My previous background before that was in government marketing as well as pharmaceutical sales and marketing. Okay. And to start up the company, it was just kind of a natural shift for me. Um, I was always very interested in marketing. I consulted with a lot of friends prior to starting the company. would see their websites and say, hey, we need to change that or hey, let's rewrite that. Okay. So it was a natural progression um, to start the company and we've evolved so much since then. Wow! I would say part of the inspiration was also just seeing where digital marketing and social media was going a decade ago and it's changed so much already since yeah. then. Um, but that was definitely a driving factor and a strong interest for me during that time.
1: Yeah, that is wonderful. So now that you're, you know, obviously 10 plus years Mm -hmm. in, what are some of the lessons that you wish you would have learned, you know, that first year or wish you would Mm -hmm. have known now that you, you know that you know now? Yeah, Yeah. so many. Okay, so I like reading books and I'm I'm very much into self-development. A book that I wish
0: I read before I left my career in pharmaceutical sales Uh is 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. I am a huge believer. In fact, right now I'm living in Mexico, which is amazing. That's Um, phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But the tie to that book uh, and, and the idea of learning how to be an entrepreneur, run your business, and still have some of the autonomy, freedom, and flexibility that you choose to have. Um, Those were some of my big takeaways from that book when I did read it maybe about four years into my business. And it was huge, huge impact for me. So I would say that was a big lesson learned along the way. I would have left my career in pharmaceutical sales a little differently had I read that book first. Interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. My advice to any entrepreneur just starting out um, is there are so many business incubators, hubs, coworkers spaces, just things like that, that were like at a start when I started my business, and now they're kind of in full swing. So anyone starting a business now, I think that's a huge opportunity to find mentorship, Mm -hmm. um, to connect with like minds. Um, I did some of that in the beginning. I Mm -hmm. wish I had just done it more, you know, but I I did a lot of that, um, and that was really what grew the business in the beginning. A lot of networking, a lot of face-to-face contact. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to, you know, a lot of people, especially if they're getting funding, put money into Uh, budgets and marketing and operations and things like that, my approach was I'm going to kind of take a grassroots approach to this for the first few years and really get my feet wet and building relationships and knowing people. Um, and and I think that's still a good broach, approach combined with if you are getting funding to, to not lose sight of that. Like you still need to build mm. relationships and meet people because that's what's going to lead to the best types of contracts and opportunities in the long run.
1: Yeah, I love that's, that. That
2: is absolutely amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So when you think about your kind of road to success and where you are right now, talk to us a little bit, and I love this, I always come back to this, I think I've come back to this now too, every person we've interviewed, Uh, and that is the self-learning portion of it, right? You were reading this book I've heard you talk about mentorships talk to us a little bit because you know some of our our audience is going to be supplier diversity practitioners it's gonna be small business owners talk to us about the importance of mentorship right I Mm -hmm. know that is something that is always talked about always sought after it is a fantastic strategy Uh, I am always a huge proponent of just mentoring but being a mentor Mm -hmm. because steel sharpens steel and if I ever walk away from a mentoring relationship that I haven't learned something as a mentor I wasn't trying hard enough so talk to us a little bit Sonia, about that importance of having a good mentor, uh, maybe looking for one, having one find you, how you've done it, uh, and maybe where our audience should think about trying to jump in uh, in, into mentoring.
0: Yeah, I think if you are approaching it from the mentee standpoint, Mm -hmm. then I think you need to approach it being willing to offer something to the person that you're asking to mentor like you. Yeah. Um, so rather than just saying, Can you mentor me? You know, just maybe like for me, if I'm approaching someone, I might share my skill set with them. If uh-huh. I know that mar- digital marketing or social media is a weakness for them, then I might say, Hey, can I look at that for you? Would you like me to help in this area mm-hmm. um, nice. if I'm approaching them? And then I might ask them to share maybe where they're strong or ask their mm-hmm. opinion about things. Usually mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've never come right out and said hey will you mentor me but I usually invite people to lunch or invite people to breakfast who in my eyes I think they're further along in their business and I you know, aspire to be like them. And then I usually spend that time just asking them a lot of questions. Can I pick your brain about this? Can I pick your brain about that? Um, and then again, that relationship building aspect, um, sharing a little bit about what's going on with you personally and just building that relationship, I think is a big piece of it. Um, so I would look at that from a mentee standpoint and then to your point, Adam, yes, she'll sharpen, she'll uh, sharpen, Still sharpen, Still. (laughs) So I'm going to get that right. So, um, so I do agree, um, to offer to mentor people, um, and usually like if you're putting yourself in that position, I mean, usually it's just if someone stands out to you or if you as a potential mentor Mm -hmm. see that you can help someone with something, I think that's important. One of the biggest lessons learned for me um, from a teaching training standpoint, and in some cases with some people who have asked for more help from a mentoring standpoint, um, was when in my business a few years ago, we took a shift and we started focusing more on training companies in digital marketing and social mm-hmm. media mm-hmm. and helping them um, if they had teams that just weren't as strong at some of the technical aspects of running a Facebook ad or something like gotcha. that. So mm-hmm. even just the teaching aspect of having to show a new social media associate how to get better at Facebook. Like that made Mm -hmm. me so much better and more efficient doing that job for clients as well, because Mm -hmm. I had to be able to answer their questions and Mm -hmm. know all the little nuances um, that people come across. So even just like continuously training and developing yourself Mm -hmm. and then looking for ways and opportunities to mentor others, like all that stuff goes hand in hand.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, just because you already mentioned just the training that you're doing. I um, This is just a shameless plug for a go-getter, but <laughs> so many companies, I mean, digital marketing, I think moves so quickly. And so many companies, when you're just isolated, you know, in that respective silo of the marketing department in your organization, you oftentimes don't know all the innovation that's happening right. don't know how to tweak it, it's true. don't know how to optimize it. And so utilizing an agency that this is like, All that they do so not only can they share best practices but they are continuing to learn and you know have all these certifications I mean that is a great opportunity for companies to partner and get some training you know uh, around how do we increase our presence how do we continue to reach our audience and what kind of content should we be looking at and how do we optimize all these various things that we're doing in these channels Um, I just think it's a great opportunity for for people within these procurement roles and these mm-hmm. um, supply chain roles and marketing departments to really, really utilize and, and step outside of just their traditional teams.
0: True, you need those outside eyes looking in sometimes um, and it makes a huge difference when a company is going through a shift or trying to revitalize their image or how they connect with audiences online. So it's definitely a great aspect to add to any program.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely
2: that's amazing so let me ask another uh, another question and so I've talked to several different entrepreneurs that are kind of living a little bit expat right Um, so talk to us a little bit about the decision to be in Mexico uh, to kind of run the business from there because I think a lot of people feel like oh I've got to be next to my customer I need to be Mm -hmm. right here I need to be if I if I have a major company in Atlanta I've got to be in Atlanta and sometimes you do have to have that right Mm -hmm. but other times that's just not a necessity so talk to us a little bit about the decision of going offshore with your Company. Yeah, I assume you and your husband are there together. We are. Uh, and what that's like running a business, a U.S. based business offshore. It's almost kind of a reverse model to what we look at, right? <laughs> right. Usually it's a U.S. business and part of my operations offshore. You've got your operations onshore and your headquarters is offshore. Exactly. So talk to us a little bit about those logistics, uh, maybe some pros and cons on mm-hmm. that too, that some of our
0: audience can think about. You know, so many fun things. This has been just an amazing experience so far. So, right. yeah, I'm here with my husband as well as our two kids. Um, so there's the coordination side of that from a personal standpoint, finding childcare because, you know, we're here and we're here to enjoy it, but. I still have a nine to five to work. Yeah, yeah I still have yeah. a team yeah. to manage. Um, yeah. So just kind of going through the process of like today I'm in a co-working space. I'm not in a stable office environment, mm-hmm. um, but finding those things and a lot of that stuff you can find in advance or you can, again, this is where social media plays a huge role. I tapped into communities here before I got here to find oh, out the smart. ins and outs of, you know, what should I be prepared for and, and, and what do I need to do and, and, and what should I look out for? So that was, incredibly helpful facebook groups really it was my primary resource oh. as well as um whatsapp mm-hmm. um but but also just kind of to me it's partly a philosophy right like okay. traveling and living abroad that's just kind of in the vein of who i am because mm-hmm. i've done it my entire life yeah. um, but in the same aspect if an entrepreneur is aspiring to do it um, it partly might need to be in the philosophy of how you operate as a business owner I've always been a believer even pre-COvid in in remote work um, mm-hmm. it's always been my philosophy to have a, a team that is a hybrid, Part of my team is based in Atlanta. And then another half of my team, I've got someone who's in Oregon, I've got someone else who's in Nashville, and then the rest of them are situated in Atlanta. Um, So that's always been my approach. I've always wanted to hire people that want to be part of a team, but to some degree have the ability to be independent and have an entrepreneurial spirit that they can self-manage. I don't have to physically be in front of them to oversee everything they do. Right. Um, right. Zoom has become super popular this year. We started using That's Zoom, we started using it about four or five years ago. Okay. Um, and, it, and it was for that reason, um, in knowing that our team was this hybrid of in-person and remote workers, mm-hmm. that we wanted something that would bring us together face-to-face, because I do still like the face-to-face aspect mm-hmm. of meeting and doing business with people. And yet in the same breath, because during that time we were trying um, traveling between Atlanta and West Coast, Los Angeles, I wanted to make sure we could stay connected as a team. But also as we gain new clients, I set the expectation with clients. I can be here with you in person um, when you need me, if it's a monthly meeting or a bi-monthly meeting, we just need to know so that it can be planned for, you know, everything can be done with planning. In fact, that's a great tip I learned from from Chloe, you know, when it comes to managing people and family and things like that. It's just, it's just planning. That's yeah. all it is. So it's partly philosophy and then it's partly just taking the initiative to plan it out.
2: We'd like to thank the University of Georgia Supply Chain Advisory Board for sponsoring Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. In addition to ensuring the UGA supply chain curriculum meets employers' needs, the board also connects employers with highly qualified students. Join corporate board members like Johnson & Johnson, Home Depot, and the Chick-fil-A to discover and hire tomorrow's supply chain innovators today. To learn more, go to www.terry.uga.edu, click on Alumni, and find the Supply Chain Advisory Board there.
1: Sonia, yeah, I also want to ask you, as you think about just the state of supplier diversity in the U.S. Mm-hmm. right now, what do you think are some areas of improvement? What do you think are some areas that's on the right track? Yeah. Just overall, your your feedback as a millennial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think I fall into that. Uh, I don't know if y'all watch comedy specials. There's a comedy special called The Elder Millennial. So I fall into the elder millennial category. <laughs> have not seen Love that. that. No, yes. Look it up on Netflix. It's a good one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but as it relates to the state of supplier diversity today, and, and we've had these conversations before, you and I, Chloe, mm-hmm. I, I've always known that you can get certified. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always known, given my government background, that there are opportunities for minority businesses and women-owned businesses and businesses Mm -hmm. in hub zones and things like that. Um, But I didn't always feel compelled to pursue that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I think about the state of supplier diversity today, I think – As a elder millennial, um, I think we view things in a way like we're just going to go after it. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, um, now those opportunities exist. So what I would love to see more of is I feel like there's been a tradition of we're the big business. We're the big Fortune 1000 and you need to seek us out Mm -hmm. and you need to come on our portal and apply. And there hasn't been as much outreach, Mm -hmm. um, at least the feeling of it. Right. hasn't been as much outreach unless you go to a conference that's around diversity. There's nothing outside of that um, in the ecosystem mm. that feels like it's inviting people to come in um, to mm. register as a supplier or on portals of some of these companies um, there's no there's no there's no real pull for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like it's out right. there, yeah, and it's like maybe you know about it, maybe you don't and I Think the question that goes through the minds of a lot of entrepreneurs, millennial or not, is well, why should I do this certification? Besides the fact that it's checking a box, does it really benefit me? I went through a program about, I want to say, about three or four years ago with a with a with a major company. I joined their supplier program. I, I heard about it at a at a private event, so I was like, oh, this sounds excellent. I joined the uh, I joined the program. They had a a portion of that program where they invited us up to Boston and did like a one-week training with us um, Mm -hmm. and and in conjunction with a major university. And as a a result, we got a certificate. But after that, it was kind of dead. It was Mm. like, there was no real, okay, well, what do we do? And they're like, well, you got to network within the company. Well, who do I network with? And how do I find people to network with within the company? It's just such a huge gap and disparity that I would love to see fixed. Which is why I love higher ground, honestly. (laughs) It's filling that void. It's filling the void where people might go register as a supplier, but if I'm in a really competitive business like marketing or digital marketing, and I'm a tiny business owner compared to the huge corporations out there that also do digital marketing, you know, where do I fit in that? You know, so that's, that's the huge gap I see.
2: Right. So let me ask a follow-up question to that, Sonia. If you could pull a supplier diversity professional aside and, and, and kind of help them, change the direction of their program. And you're talking about, you know, there's no outreach, there's no organic momentum behind the relationship outside of the conferences. What would be the maybe one or two things you would want to see them start to try to implement on the corporate side to help fill that void, to Mm -hmm. have an outreach to the younger, the millennial entrepreneurs out there, or even even a pipeline, maybe to college students, high school students are like, "Hey, we want you guys to come out of school, and we want you to be entrepreneurs."
0: Yes, but let me just put the plug. When I share this idea, they need to hire me so I can execute it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough.
2: <I laughs> yes, it. right. That Sonia Williams yes. will have her. We'll have her information in the show notes. So make sure that if you need her ideas, you know where to go get her.
0: Um no but I think um I think this is where again you can use digital marketing social media okay. yeah. um to create more engagement. So if let's just say you open up a supplier portal and you've got people is there a way that a procurement person or a supplier manager or supplier diversity manager. I'm not sure whose who's had it falls under, but if right. a company wanted to proactively reach more people, why not group those people? Why not create subsets? And that could be a LinkedIn group. That could be a Facebook group. It could be a proprietary owned group or tool that allows the people who register on that portal to get in conversations with each other. As well as within the company Um, and so it's an opportunity to talk it's an opportunity to share uh, opportunity for them to share opportunities if I am let's just say I register as a supplier with Apple and Apple once I register Apple puts me into a group where I can see opportunities related specifically to marketing coming down the pipeline, and there's an opportunity to actually communicate with marketing managers, Um, that's a huge opportunity. And and maybe it's not that they let everyone have that extra perk. Maybe they vet some of the suppliers to determine if that's an extra perk. Um, But to me, like building a bridge to have more of those conversations, rather than again, I am one of 100 small marketing agents that applied and I never hear from you. Um, And I don't really know besides just seeing here and there what's listed on your website. Like it just feels very impersonal. And I think there's an opportunity to create more conversation.
1: Yeah. And I mean, obviously, and they can also use a platform like Higher Ground to do, exactly, you know, some of that connecting mm-hmm. um, and exactly. matching, but to facilitate it. Exactly. Right. They need yeah. And they
0: need that, that. that And that's just the whole point. They need a platform like that that's facilitating because if they're not going to do it, they need to bring in a third party that's going to
1: step yeah. in and yep. do it for them. Yep. Absolutely. Because absolutely. I think
2: Chloe is something that you and I've come back to in, in our discussions in, in pre-show or just in our general talk. It comes back to relationship.
1: It's all right? about It's that. all
2: driven by relationship. I mean, digital marketing, yes, you have different personalities and that type of thing. But at the end of the day, we're producing kind of the same materials. Right. right? We're looking at kind of the same websites. Yes. But it comes back to the relationship, the trust factor. Right. Yeah. The relationship builds trust. The trust right. builds the relationship. And then that's what then leads into economics and into the contract, right? right. Who do I feel comfortable about doing business with? Right. will yep. have to realize, much to Sonia's point, the diverse supplier needs that level of confidence and yeah. the corporate needs that level of confidence.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes to her point earlier, just about networking and how important relationships are and that she took the time to build that really critical foundation at the onset of her business. I mean, I think that's a true testament of why you're still in business now, which you don't see that for so many small businesses. So I definitely think that that was a wonderful first step. Well, I wanted to just kind of briefly talk to you about um, mentorship. You talked about just sort of the earlier you talked about the mentee and the mentor relationship, but can you talk a little bit about peer-to-peer mentorship? Oh, like just yeah. in case people are not able to find, you know, the mentors that they may be, or not able to get in touch with them or not in a city where it's plentiful for mentors, mm-hmm. like how would someone go about peer-to-peer mentorship? Yeah, that's such a great,
0: great question Um, and and a huge opportunity, even again, for people who might be shy about, again, formally going to a mentor. Um, So one of the early steps I took to just find groups of like-minded people in certain niches was um, joining meetup.com. And so so I I don't know what exists today. I'm not as active on that network. But during that time, um, there were groups of small business owners. There were digital marketing groups. There were blogger groups. So, getting in with peers to be able to share ideas. Um, There was one I had joined that was a WordPress group, and it was when I was first learning how to use WordPress. Um, And it was just a user group of what challenges are you having? What problems are you having? So, there was a lot of value in getting together with those groups and different niches. Um, Again, some of that exists virtually now. And then eventually, you know, I reached a point um, where myself and, you know, Chloe, we actually started a peer to peer network, um, mentoring. Mentorship. And that was a huge opportunity, um, and 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 has lasted for several years. So looking for groups like that is a huge opportunity. Another one, sometimes uh, membership organizations have groups like that in place. So if you jo- join a formal organization, I'm a member of Elevate, and so Elevate is a organization focused on women, kind of you know kind of coordinating together. And they have what they call Elevate squads. And I was a member of a squad earlier this year, and that was a great opportunity to meet women actually from all over the world. Um, Um, but who had Kind of similar goals and backgrounds because that's how we were paired together. And I've kept in touch with several of those women after, and you know, planned as I travel to some of the places where they are, you know, meet to meet up with them face to face because it was all virtual. So that's a huge opportunity, you know, just probably having a commitment. If you find a, a strong peer group to coordinate with, just making sure you have a really strong commitment to being a part of that group, and just like a mentor mentee relationship, what can I contribute to this group? What can I bring to the table that will help progress? it. Um, and then if you're creating your own group, you know, come up with an agenda, formalize it, and really have a plan on how you want to approach helping each other. Absolutely. Spot on with that. That's
2: awesome. So let me ask, let me kind of go in another direction here real fast, right? And and being in the supplier diversity world, uh, it was not uncommon to find husband and wife teams um, that are running a business, right? Chloe and I have the, the great part of our relationship is we Live in different houses, right? We're married to other people. It has helped tremendously over the years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. You don't have that luxury, right? <laughs> Your other half of the business. When you say goodbye at the office, you say hello at the kitchen. So right. talk to us a little bit, and you're not the only ones, right? I know there are going to be there are people in our audience right now. They're like, yes yes I live with the co-owner talk to us a little bit how you guys have navigated those waters and maybe a little tip or trick on how you guys truly split your day right like the first 9 to 5 we are business peers from 6 to midnight we're spouses again how Mm -hmm. do you guys navigate that transition
0: it took a lot of practice It did. It did. Yes. Um, I was just sharing this story with a friend who's going through a similar thing in a new business she started with her husband. Right. He's a manager, and she's kind of the founder of the company. Um, right. But it, it took a lot of practice. Um, there were moments, that probably within the first two to three years, where mm-hmm. he fired me from something, and I fired him from something, and <laughs> it just—it was a little like, bit of a. Cycle. I'm going to need to move you around. Yeah, it's,
2: yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs>
0: it was very. It was very real. I think where we are today and what I've discovered along the way is definitely um, it's not that we never have work conversations when sure. work hours end, mm-hmm. but um, but we're very respectful of each other's space. We don't carry things that we're upset about work related into the to the home. Mm-hmm. So we're very mindful about that. And then one thing that we really had to get good at, we actually, we love being around each other. So, you That's know, I've awesome. come, come across some people are like, no, nah, I need a break from my spouse during right. the workday. Yeah. Right. I actually love being around him and he loves being around me, That's I hope. So, but um, one thing we had to get really good at is simple things like not just barging into each other's offices. So, you right. know, we have a base office in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, and we've worked together in the same office for probably eight or so years. Mm-hmm. And within the office, we have mm-hmm. our own separate offices. And rather than just barging into each other's offices, if we need to discuss a work situation because we have that leeway with each other, um, right. we stop doing. That we had to learn this is an appointment is needed, like this yes. is my work day. Oh, I'm meeting with other clients.
1: I
2: like that.
0: Get on my calendar. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that.
2: I, I know that feeling because I'm always lucky when I get on Chloe's calendar. Um <laughs> so I, I can appreciate probably where your husband's coming from. So I, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. So we've and then even in working together as a team, like and the nature of our working relationship has evolved throughout the years. So sure. right now, technically, my husband, who runs a totally separate business. Beyond this one, that business is a client to our marketing agency. No. Now, it wasn't Internet. always a client, but we ha- we hired a team that I manage that works on that business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we operated, me and him, in those team meetings, we might go mm-hmm. back and forth and challenge each other a little bit and the rest of the team mm-hmm. is giggling at us, but it's, it's a very serious thing, <laughs> <Sure>. you know. <laughs>
2: Sure. So sure.
0: It's a learning process. That's all I can say. So my hats off to anyone who can do it. Um, right. It's, but it constantly evolves. That's amazing. And,
1: you know, I, I appreciate your time and your candor. Um, so so much. But before we go, I really want you to tell us, you know, what does Go-Getter Marketing Group do? Yes, please. I mean, we know that yeah. you're a digital marketing agency, right. but, but talk to us about what it is that you guys do.
0: Yeah, so broad, right? Because when so we say broad. that term, it means a lot of things to people. It does. Um, so, a, so a few examples I like to give. One is if you've ever been to a website and after you leave that website, you go over to Facebook and you see an advertisement. Say Mm -hmm. that website was Amazon. You looked at a pair of shoes. You go over to Facebook. You see a pair of shoes. We're the people that put those type of ads together. Um, We put together remarketing campaigns. We put together paid advertising campaigns on networks like Facebook, Google, YouTube. Um, If you've ever been to a website and you got prompted to sign up on an email list and then after you signed up on that email list, you might get subsequent emails. We're the Mm -hmm. people that put those type of things together. We help websites um, go a little bit beyond being a brochure style website to actually Mm -hmm. lead generating and so you know that might be helping some of our clients develop content and landing pages um, email campaigns that complement and nurture leads once they come in Um, and then a few other sides of what we do we do a lot of on-page SEO so for a business that wants to get found on Google when someone goes and types in a Google search um, we are part of the process and helping that actually come alive for a lot of businesses and then we just help with social media content just day-to-day for companies that need to actually build and maintain a presence on social media for brand awareness purposes or again for lead generation purposes we create and manage that content for them Um, overall I like to think of us and I use the term digital marketing because you have all those moving parts social media SEO paid advertising blog writing all those little Mm -hmm. pieces um, and they fit you know, strategically. So our, any client or project we're working on is always starting with strategy and action planning first. And for businesses Mm -hmm. that have been around for a while, starting with an audit, looking at where we can make improvements um, and find gaps and things maybe that they've overlooked because they're just deep in it. And then the other side to that is just training for some businesses that are already, they have the personnel or the staffing to do all those things on their own, but that staff needs to be kept up to date with all of the changes to social media networks and trends and things Things like that, we just kind of, we train them. And sometimes that training might be an ongoing series of trainings and consultations. And then sometimes it's a one-time to three-day training that we'll come in and do to help lead those teams. Wow.
2: That's amazing. When you say you do cover a broad spectrum, you were not kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> right. But one one real quick thing I would love for you to expand on just a little bit. Yep. Um, especially web page and SEO and mm-hmm. and digital campaigns, right? I mean, a lot of people think, Oh, that's an Amazon thing, or that is a, you know, insert major distributor here, right? B2B, is that what people think?
1: I know, right. I didn't
2: know that. I know. <laughs> I know. That's because that's another conversation for the two of us to have on another episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: like I think everybody thinks that they should be doing digital, but maybe it's a be it's unattainable. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Adam. you'd be
2: surprised. Oh. So talk to us a little bit about B two B, mid to mid, or even mid to small. Why do they need to be concerned? Why do they need to reach out to get to to your firm and? talk to you about a digital campaign, about SEO, and why is that an obtainable goal and not just a, boy, one day we'll be big enough to do it?
0: Right. Oh, that's the beauty in digital marketing. This isn't like 20 to 25 years ago where you had to buy a TV spot mm-hmm. and it cost you hundreds of dollars. And right. then once you've committed to the TV spot, that's it, it's set in stone. Right. Or if you buy something in print and then you realize after it's about to go to print that there's a typo on it. Like everything with digital marketing can be changed in the moment. hmm Budgets are 100% manageable, meaning you can turn it on or off whenever you choose to. And when you have a strong team in place that's managing that for you um, Mm -hmm. versus yourself, you understand that some companies will say, oh, well, I'll. I'll set up my own pay-per-click ad campaign. Mm -hmm. It's not a set it and forget it kind of thing though. You don't set it up and leave it. You need a team in place that's managing and optimizing those campaigns on a continual basis to to stretch the dollars of your budget. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not this pie in the sky thing anymore where you need thousands of dollars to launch something or an idea that you have. It's all 100% attainable because you're in complete control of the budget. You Mm -hmm. can turn it on or off at will, and the data that you get from it is so helpful because it's going to help you make much more informed decisions on how you choose to navigate your digital campaigns as you mm-hmm. move forward, and just how you choose to go about with your targeting and your audiences. You know, these social networks and Google, they got so much data on us, um, and as mm-hmm. a marketer, it's fab. As a personal, you know, sometimes you're like, eh, but as a marketer, <laughs> right. it's
1: fabulous. You yeah. know, there's so much <laughs> we can do with it. So, right, depends um, so, on which side yeah.
2: of the screen you're sitting on it. That moment in time it depends exactly. yeah
1: exactly 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 yeah because Adam and I were just talking I said something about yeah. Instagram and my watch was like oh opening the Instagram app I'm yeah, like Yeah
2: exactly it was we were both looked at it like what <laughs> yes.
1: oh my goodness well thank you so much Cyan this has been amazing you, you met between your comments on mentorship and some improvements on outreach to suppliers yes. creating the life you want and and where you want you know you're yeah. you're in Mexico. Yeah digital marketing is, is the way to go, especially for companies who want to continue to be relevant in the future. Got
2: You got to have it, got to have it.
1: I I appreciate it. So, you know, for companies who, small businesses or larger organizations that want to connect with you, can you tell us where they can find you?
0: Yes. Our company website is gogettergroup.com, G-O-G-E-T-T-R group.com. You can find us under gogettergroup for pretty much all social media, but me Mm -hmm. personally, I'm on LinkedIn. At LinkedIn.com/slash-in/slash-Sonia-Crystal-Sonia-with-the-J-Crystal-with-the-C-and-that's a, a, um, a great way just that I personally connect with a lot of people that we end up doing business with. So I'm always open to an invitation or conversation on LinkedIn, as well as just checking out our website and learning a little bit more about what we do.
1: Awesome! Thank that you so amazing. much. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us today yes. and sharing your insights. We really appreciate it, and we will continue to follow your journey and hopefully get right. an update from you yes. and um, the next 12 to 24 months. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.